Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. The subject today is dealing with loss. I'm going to speak from a local South African perspective, but what I have to say I'm sure relates to many if not most nations around the world. Here in South Africa we have now passed day 150 in our national pandemic lockdown and we need to come to grips with dealing with loss. You see, although some of the more irksome regulations have been lifted now, we still live under the looming threat that everything might return to the higher levels of restriction. And the prohibitions which we've experienced have resulted in substantial losses for almost everyone in our nation. For some it's been the tragic loss of life. For others, income has been lost. and For almost everyone, the loss of things that bring joy has been experienced. And a sense of loss, of course, is part of the grieving process. And it has got profound effects on our mental and even physical health. Now, conventional psychology tells us that we should express our grief and then come to terms with it and then eventually accept it and that then it will eventually pass. And yeah, I guess that's reasonable general wisdom. However, it does little to persuade the really suicidal person from taking his or her own life, or the addictive personality from overdosing, or the melancholic from succumbing to deep depression. So I'm actually quite unconvinced that this traditional advice is of enough practical use for us in dealing with multiple and sustained losses. It might work okay for one powerful loss, but when these losses come one after the other after the other and accumulate, well, I think we have to have something different. Okay, I want to give a few examples of the kind of losses people, that's us folks, have been dealing with. And then after that, I want to propose the best solution I know. Some losses, like the loss of a life partner, it's obviously more profound than others. But when lesser losses come in quick succession, the accumulative effect can also be very severe. The, the first of these losses is the touch problem. We, we lose physical contact with people. And for many people, particularly elderly folk, the loss of touch is really painful. You know, we can't hug our grandchildren or hold their hands as they cross the street. And for those living alone, they can't even reach out and touch a partner. You know, a friend of mine who is in the ministry was telling me the other day that as a pastor of two churches, he visits and meets with his congregation often. And in these lockdown conditions, he's used instruments like Zoom and so on. But there's one particularly old lady member of his congregation who is both blind and poor of hearing. So even in lockdown, he would try and visit her as regularly as possible in her home. But with social distancing and face mask regulations, the best he could do was to stand outside her garden gate and then to talk with her through that gate. Now her habit, because she was blind, was always to greet him by reaching out and touching his face. And she couldn't do that anymore. And this was devastating for the old dear, and she burst into floods of tears. Another kind of loss is the loss of 
general social contact. I used to get much joy from regularly meeting with my long-term male friends. We would have breakfast together almost every week and share together, joke and enjoy each other's company. I also used to meet with a friend of 30 years for lunch once a month and we would spend up to five hours talking theology, solving the problems of the world, or so we thought. Now, this is all gone now, and it may never return to what it was before. Then there's the loss of resources. Now, I'm retired, and the interest rates have dropped dramatically and might drop further. Yet despite that, I and my wife are still blessed to be living well. However, many folk aren't living well. Many have lost their jobs, or their businesses, their investments, their sources of income. And this is a devastating loss. And it is often accompanied by a loss of identity and purpose. Who am I? What am I doing on this planet? And millions, yes, millions of people in our nation don't have enough to eat and they have no legal way of acquiring what they need. And they are desperate. Then there's a different kind of loss. There's the loss of trust. Now, I and I suspect a lot of people have basically lost trust in politicians and in large sections of the media. Not that I had that much trust in politicians to begin with, quite frankly. And I don't want to make light of this because it's a big loss. But, you know, we don't know what information we can take seriously, let alone trust, let alone act on. And the men and women who are supposed to wisely and faithfully serve us and who are rewarded very handsomely with our income taxes betray our trust daily. In this nation, they've been stealing billions and billions from us. They've been making irrational and highly suspicious laws. And they act for the most part with breathtaking incompetence. Freedom for all has been replaced by freedom for only an elite few and the loss of freedom for most. So then, what do we do about this? Do we just curl up into a fetal position and blunder and blubber and cry and shout? Do we lash out in violent protest? Do we immigrate if we still can? Well, perhaps some of these are not the best ways or even acceptable ways of dealing with loss. But you know, there is a better way. Let me read to you the Apostle Peter's inspired insight. He wrote this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is already to be revealed in the last times. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, and these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proven genuine and may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you, you do not see him now, you believe in him, and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9. to 9. 
Now, I just want to make one point concerning this scripture passage. In and through Jesus Christ, we have both a present hope and a future inheritance. And this is a source of great joy even though our current conditions are dire. We cannot see Jesus now, but we believe in him. And although he is not physically present with us, we love him. And this is the essence and the purpose of our salvation, which is to know Jesus. You know, we may not be able to spend a lot of time, if any, with loved ones and friends and Christian brothers and sisters, but we can spend time with Jesus. We may have lost health, income, or trust, but we can build a healthy, rich, and trusting relationship with Him, Jesus. Paul wrote, Consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Philippians 3 verse 8 But of course that begs the question, just how do we come to know Jesus better? Well, firstly, we need to be born again of his Spirit. Because how can someone who is spiritually discerned, that's Jesus Christ, be related to and communicated by and with us if we are spiritually dead, spiritually incapacitated? However, once we're born again in Jesus' name, then we need to build our relationship with him. And the most obvious way to do this is to spend time with him. And by him, I mean specifically Jesus Christ, the Lord. You see, the full nature, character and glory of God is embodied in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the second personage of the triune Godhead. He came to live among us and be one of us. And it is he himself, Jesus, who said that if we have seen him, then we have seen the Father, John 14.9. But, but how do we see him now, in our time, in our circumstances? Well, one of the best ways is through a Spirit-led reading of the Gospels. I believe that all of the Bible is inspired and of great importance. But the fullest revelation of the Lord Jesus is unquestionably in the four Gospels. However, you know, we often miss out on getting to know him through the Gospels when we study them simply to acquire information, when we treat our reading of the Gospels as a, an intellectual exercise. No, rather we need to read the narratives meditatively and under the oversight and guidance of the Holy Spirit. And as we do this, try to see, hear, smell and even touch what is described in a John 21 verses 7 to 14 describes Jesus cooking a fish meal, a fish fry, on this open fire. So when we read that, try and smell it. Hear, hear the fire crackling. And hear this, the fish sizzling. Taste it. Try and put yourself into the scene. And for a few brief moments, be right there with Peter and John and the others. And then try and hear what the Lord is saying. For you know what? Perhaps he's speaking to you as well. Read slowly and meditatively, praying as you do, asking the Holy Spirit to help you to relate to what the Scripture is revealing. Then think about how the text helps you understand more of the Lord's character and nature. 
Do you remember that Christian song? Open our eyes, Lord. We want to see Jesus, to reach out and touch him, and to say that we love him. This should be our prayer as we read the scriptures, as we read the gospels. So, perhaps the COVID-19 pandemic wave will peak and then pass and all things will go back to normal again. However, you know, for those who have lost loved ones, who have lost jobs or businesses, things will just not be the same as before. But no matter what the extent of our loss, we can all gain so much by focusing on strengthening our relationship with Jesus. You know, the Apostle Paul understood this perfectly, and he applied this truth. Although he, like us, you know, had never seen Jesus in the flesh. So let me repeat what I, what I read out just now when he's writing to the Philippian church, and he, he wrote, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost everything. I consider them rubbish, that I may gain Christ. Allow me to end uh, what I've had to say with Paul's prayer and blessing, which I'm going to take from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, and link it to Romans 15, verse 13. Here, here is his blessing upon us. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know Him better. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Until next time, God be with you. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth is the Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, truth is the word.